Hey, listen up. Yeah, we here and we locked in. Let's keep it going all the way to the top ten. We feel the turtle, so it's no other option. Fred and Ryan, just watch them. Let's take it to the max. It's the shell and tell. They come with all the facts. It's the shell and tell. Let's take it to the max. It's the shell and tell. They come with all the facts. It's the shell and tell. Welcome back, guys, for a special episode of Shell and Tell. This will be a quick one. This is a, a one-hitter. Uh, it's your boy, Ryan, only one here holding it down. But we are going to have Mr. Ahmed Gafir's interview with the TBIA Foundation, as we promised on our last episode. Since our last episode, myself and Fred uh, got down there to the last two big basketball games, that Penn State game, the sellout. They sold out. I agree. They sold all the tickets. They say uh, the attendance at seventeen nine fifty. Uh, I call bullshit. Uh, there were more people actually at the Purdue game that wasn't a sellout. Uh, full on. Uh, the corners were empty. Yeah, it was still a very good crowd. Still a very good crowd. They showed up. They showed out. Students had some things to say. Uh, their words, not mine. Their words, not mine. I don't want to tell you guys. <laughs> These. A little bit of controversy, you know, uh, Big Ten didn't like it. Willard had to ask the students to not do it and say that it doesn't look good on the institution. Uh, he has to say it. He also threw out there, you know, I'm a New York kid, so don't really offend my ears, but just don't look right. So, you know, sometimes you got to play politician. It comes with the job, but survive my boy. I love everything about Kevin Willard. He brought us one of the biggest wins in memory. Uh, with his win over Purdue recently, I'm sure we'll get deep into it when we get all the boys in town. But, man, that stadium, 630 tip, it was a good 80% full at tip. And, again, by halftime, maybe even earlier than that, because I kind of got lost in the game, it was definitely more people in the building than there were for the 17,950 max capacity Penn State attendance. Um, so I didn't actually catch the attendance number. I don't know if they flipped it up there. Uh, but for certain, that was an awful lot of people in that building. And they got it a little loud in there, too. For the second time, the timing of the second Hey You Suck Rock and Roll Part 2 was very good. Got the whole place electric. One of the loudest crowds I can remember. Absolutely brought it. Of course, ending with the, the court storming that you all are well aware of. But, you know, as much fun as the basketball team has been, the boys will hate me if I go much deeper into it because they're going to want to talk about it next time. We're here to talk a little gridiron. My baby, the football team. We have had some good news. We've had some bad news break. And, of course, the big interview with Ahmed that we want to get into. Um, unfortunately, today we had the news that Mason Lunsford, our starting guard, um, has entered the transfer portal with two years of eligibility remaining. 
Of course, we have brought in some big guard talent in this offseason. Hard to know the insides and outs without Ahmed telling me what's going on of whether he kind of felt replaced already. Um, but personally, I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan of Mason. I saw this year how much worse that offensive line looked without him than with him. So whether it was continuing as a starter, which is what I thought he would be this year, or one of the best depth pieces we've had in years, um, I'm very sad to see him go. I hope he's happy wherever he goes because my man has played some good time for us, some good minutes. He had his issue with false starts at times at the beginning of the last season. People got up on him, but if you just look at the overall line performance, the games that he played versus the games he didn't, it was night and day. It was absolutely night and day. I'm sure I'm giving him a little bit too much credit in those games that he wasn't in there, that he was the difference, but it sure lined up constantly. And it wasn't, you know, one after another. He missed one. He played one. He missed one later. So it didn't It didn't seem it seemed to be about Mason and the continuity of that offensive line, which we, we all know that it's one of the biggest positions that continuity matters. Um, other cool, or, or not cool, other cool, the cool things we've seen with football recently uh, is they've came out with severely discounted season tickets. If you've been on the fence, if you're a Maryland basketball fan that's been tuned in to us, Hasn't really done the football thing. Maybe watching on TV. Now's your time to get in the stadium, man. These prices are crazy. I'm paying probably $400 a seat for my season tickets. Um, and and that doesn't even include the Terrapin Club donation that a lot of people are putting down for these seats. And much higher uh, ticket prices in, you know, different sections of the stadium. They have tickets as low as $99. The upper deck t- uh, uh, tickets are $99. They've already sold over 1,000 season tickets. So that's $100,000 that they've brought in in season tickets. And I think it was less than two days since that it was announced. There's also um, other price points. I think it was 149 and um, like 209 for the best views. There's lots of good deals. Check it out if you're interested. It's a great time. Uh, it's Get down there, tailgate, make it a whole day. You get a whole Saturday for these prices. Go have a good time with the family. It's it's some of the best Saturdays of the year, really. Well, the only thing that's going to keep those Saturdays really happy uh, is if we're going to be able to keep up in this world of NIL, if we're going to be able to keep up with the Joneses, as they say. And uh, we've taken that first step, um, the big conglomerate of the NIL, Maryland's still, you know, we're playing a little nicer than most, um, as you'll hear in the interview. Um, this is true, like, charitable work, true, like, pay for appearances, pay for, you know, actually doing something. This is not a pay-for-play scenario that we've seen around the country. You're not getting $13 million for signing up to eight autographs a year. That's, that's not how they're playing this. Um, but it is a step in the right direction. It's probably a step in the moral direction compared to what this was supposed to be when it started. Um, but I'll let you guys be the judge of it, and we will talk after this interview. Um, this was the inside the bag guys, Ahmed, um, and then Mason Viner um, took a shot at uh, talking with the TBIA Foundation a couple weeks ago. You might have heard it um, on YouTube, but they don't uh, really have the podcast platform going and things. So I figured we put it out for the listeners that hadn't followed and hadn't seen that. Enjoy. 
Welcome to another episode of Inside the Bag. I'm Ahmed Gafir here, joined once again by with Mason Viner. And we have a special guest with us today. Dan Crowley of the Best is Ahead Foundation joins us on the show. Dan, appreciate you taking some time with us. Yes, of course. I'm really happy you guys invited me. Thank you. Absolutely. Absolutely. I know it's been a busy first couple of months for you. Obviously, the uh, TBIA Foundation was announced and launched in late summer going into the 2022 season. So obviously, with the season in the rearview mirror now, uh, players kind of preparing for spring ball. Uh, how, how has the uh, uh, progress been uh, for you on your end? Sure. Yeah, I think I, I think the progress is great. You know, it, it uh, we probably launched a little long, a little later than we expected. Uh, launch date of September 21st. It's good and bad. You know, the, the good the good part was we were 3-0, and right? So we just came off a great win against SMU. We're going into uh, a, a week up at the big house and um, had a Wednesday reception right before going to Michigan. So, you know, we had Damon Evans. We had Colleen Soren. We had some people from Maryland attend. And uh, I, I thought it was a really nice kickoff to what we were doing uh, for the Maryland football um, and, the, and the best is the head foundation. So, so that was good. Um, I know the players had a lot of questions, right? So although we didn't launch until September 21st, I was certainly down um, at several practices each week during August so the guys could see my face, um, talk to them a little bit, but really just so I could get to know, you know, how, how they looked in practice, you know, talk to them a little bit at, at dinner afterwards in the cafeteria, and then just so that we, we work time to tee up the launch. It wasn't completely new to everybody. So I, I thought it went well, um, gave me a chance again to get to know the guys during the season. And then we had our first uh, event with, with a few players during the bye week in October. Um, and that was a lot of fun because it was new to all of us, right? And uh, I think it's pretty clear to everybody now that the Best is Ahead Foundation is 100% service-oriented. So, you know, our, our goal is to get out in the community, enhance the lives of underserved youth in the Washington, D.C. And, and Baltimore metropolitan areas. So that October event was just that. We went to a local elementary school, uh, and it, it gave a few of those players a, a little taste of what was to come. And uh, since the season's ended, these last 60 days have been uh, quite busy for us and the players. And we've done deals now with over 30 current players. So it's been a lot of fun. That's awesome, Dan. When you hear about NIL in the national news, you know, some coaches have said it's going to take a ton of money to do what others have said it's not. What are the goals of uh, the T TBIAF Foundation and how is Maryland's approach to uh, some of the numbers that are just being thrown out all over the place. Sure. So there's a couple of questions in there. So, so first and foremost, the numbers are big and they're going to continue to be large until, you know, somebody puts some legislation on the amount of money that these athletes can be paid. So, you know, there's nothing we can do about that. You know, one thing when I get in front of the players and, you know, I'll have them in my car on the way to an event, I'll have some time before an event or after an event, and we'll have some dialogue and just ask, what do you guys think? You know, what, what's your thought on some of these other schools? And I, I always tell them, you know, just, you know, don't always believe what you read. And it's, it's not just about NIL. Don't, don't ever always believe what you read, right? Um, do, some, do some of your own research. Ask some questions. Don't be afraid to reach out. Um, you know, so for us, I, the number doesn't matter to me. We can only control what we can offer these players. And thus far, I, I think we've done a tremendous job in fundraising. I think the Washington, D.C. metropolitan market 
has so much to offer to these guys. So it's not always going to be about TBIAF and what we can offer these players. There's going to be many other marketing opportunities, and there already are, right? We've seen, you know, the Rakim Jarrett example I always talk about. He had a, you know, a national Under Armour commercial, and there were a few other Maryland athletes in that commercial. Um, th that will continue. There's, there's no stopping that. Um, I certainly am all for that. Um, I'll help the athletes in any way I can get those marketing opportunities. But when it comes to the best as a head foundation, again, we are service oriented. And Coach Loxley always talks about life after football. Make a difference in your community and you're building your own resume so that when you finish playing, whether it's your finish playing days here at Maryland or you have an opportunity to go to the league, your time's going to come to an end, most likely in your 20s whether you finish at Maryland or finish in the NFL and the best is ahead foundation is just going to create another resource for you to build that resume, get out in the community, make a difference in young people's lives. But what I'm really noticing from these appearances is the players are learning a lot themselves, you know, whether it's going to an elementary school, whether it's going to a museum, which we did last week, whether it's going down to the Washington DC metropolitan police department and seeing all of the different um, aspects of what police officers do. It's not just about writing tickets and citations and arresting people. They're also making a difference in young people's lives, right? So the, the players that I have taken out really have grasped that concept. And it's exciting for me to see, and we have a lot to offer. Yeah. And, and I, you know, I like to, to hear that, Dan. And, and I'm kind of curious, you know, just, you know, with the way that TBIA is found, the foundation is set up, um, obviously just being able to, to connect with the youth and the community and whatnot. Um, and one thing I remember hearing, you know, going into last season uh, was just the, you know, the, the need to reinforce and build the, the brand loyalty and the, uh, I guess, the affinity at a young age. Uh, especially within the DMV with just so many professional teams prevalent and Maryland obviously have to compete with that. So I guess when, when TBIA foundation, when it was, you know, kind of getting set up, did you guys look at the possibility of saying, Hey, you know, we could potentially be touching, you know, the wave of uh, the next Terrapins in 10, 15 years um, and seeing that as a potential uh, a benefit in the, in the foundation. 100%. That's exactly what we were looking at. Right. So I'm from the area. I grew up born and raised in Washington, DC, grew up in, in, in Largo, PG County. Um, so so I'm, a, I'm a product of this area. Yeah. And it's very clear that our competition is not collegiate sports in this area. Our competition is professional sports, right? We, we've got three major sporting events going on all year round. That, that's our competition. Um, so you're exactly right. Our, our goal here is to get out in the community. NIL has given us this opportunity and, and we're going to take full advantage of that opportunity. We have 115 players on the roster. And my goal is to do a deal with every player, have something to offer these players to get them out in the community so that, yes, we'll touch that young person's life, touch that family's life, um, because there's many other uh, college towns in America that you are born and raised to watch that basketball or football game yeah. at six years old yep. at the kitchen table, right? That's your discussion. You know, and how can we make a, a, a small difference within what the NCAA has provided us, this NIL opportunity? So, yes, there's a there's a monetary number that you're, you can offer, but there's much larger opportunities that we can offer in getting out in the community. Um, it's going to it's going to pay off tenfold. I truly believe that um, it, it'll help with 
butts in the seats. Winning is not the end-all, be-all. Winning helps. And Coach Loxley has won the last two years. That is going to pay off come next football season. But I really, truly feel that now because of these players having an extra edge to get out on the community, um, that's going to pay off as well. So we're going to get really creative here during the spring, find out how we can make it really exciting for fans to come out to CQ Stadium this fall. Winning last year is going to help. Winning during the season is going to help. But what other avenues can we provide that consumer? Yeah, absolutely. And and I know obviously NIL can't be used for, you know, to induce, you know, commitment to whatnot in the recruiting show. But obviously you can kind of tell recruits, say, hey, you know, this is what we have to offer. This is how players benefit, things like that. So I'm just curious, you know, like how, down the stretch, you know, how, how – um, how, how frequent were you involved with uh, a lot of recruitments or whatnot, or, you know, how, how does the TBIA foundation kind of factor in, you know, is there any portion, you know, an official visit weekend per se, where there's any, you know, presentation, for example? Sure. Yep. Good question. So again, uh, being so new and launching in September, I think we held off on the recruiting aspect during the season, but yes, I, I certainly have an opportunity Um to play a part during recruiting weekends. Now um, I will continue to do that. You know, now it's all about the transfer portal and are, are there going to be other transfers that can come in? And yes, myself, Jeff Leventhal, my partner, we definitely have that opportunity to come down and present to a recruit and their families. And it's really about, you know, what we're talking about today. Where, where did we start? Where do we come from? Where are we at today? And, and where do we see ourselves in the next year or two? And that's exactly what I would tell the families um, is, is explain that. And again, explain this, the metropolitan area and, and the opportunities and, and understand it's not all about the dollar immediately. Uh, there's a lot of other opportunities in the summer internships and so on and so forth. But the answer to your question is yes, absolutely. Um, the NIL collectives and foundations certainly play a, a role in those recruiting weekends. Dan, when you talk about starting up the foundation and all that and, and everything that's going on with college sports, how hard is it to really navigate this with, with no guidelines? You're, you're basically setting your own standard. Have you reached out to other uh, foundations and collectives out there and tried to see what they're doing or, or partner with them on, on kind of creating any sort of governance for it? Or is it just the Wild West that just true everyone's out there doing it for themselves? Right. So everybody uses the term the Wild West, and, and that, that's kind of what it looks like from the outside. And it, it, it probably is what it feels like on the inside because it is so new. Right. We're just a couple of years into this. And I, I think every institution and every collective is trying to take advantage in any way they can. You know, um, yes, I've certainly, you know, reached out to some other um, counterparts. Many of them, especially before I opened the business, I, I, I talked with many, many people. And now that we're involved in this, um, I, I try to have a call a week just to see if people are willing to share. You know, I've got some friends in the business, so I have a, a few that, that I talk to regularly. Um, but I'm always searching and trying to reach out to see what other people are doing. I, I can easily read some articles. But um, again, with... with like you say, the wild, wild west with the legislation so wide open, it's up to each individual foundation, institution, collective. It's up to you to be as creative as possible. And what can you do to, to take advantage of this? And again, being in this market, 
you know, we've got a lot of opportunity. Um, but I also, you know, being only five months into this, I've got some short-term goals here that we still need to hit. You know, fundraising is very important and a key to this success. Um, and I, I think with the announcement this week, there were a couple of good articles that came out from the University of Maryland uh, really to, to showcase what we're doing, uh, not just with the Best of the Head Foundation, but the Turtle NIL um, and what Maryland is doing as a whole. That's what the public needs to hear, right, is that you've got the institutional support. And then it's not just a wild, wild west that we're in this together. We're going to be a partner and we're going to continue to get creative, make this thing as best possible. Yeah, absolutely. And and you kind of touched on it to have that admin approval. And obviously it feels like, you know, over the last 12 months or so, just the, the shift within the university, within the athletic department has really changed to, you know, where at first it was kind of, you know, hands off to see, you know, how everything plays out, what the rules and regulations are. Whereas now, um, you know, there seems to be a lot more, you know, pro and, and just kind of uh, accepting NIL and realizing how the university can kind of help with using their power to, to maximize it. Um, I'm just curious because I know obviously football, basketball, leave lacrosse also, you know, they all have their own NIL collectives, but, uh, or foundations, excuse me, but I'm just curious, you know, just obviously all being under university of Maryland athletics umbrella, um, even though every, everything is kind of separate, how, how frequently do you guys collaborate or kind of work with each other? Um, especially just kind of navigating through all this. So, I certainly work with the administration frequently, right? You know, I've you yeah. know, uh, got the compliance office on speed dial. I'm going to make sure we're doing things the right way. As far as the other collectives within the University of Maryland, I think we're just starting to begin some of that collaboration, especially now during basketball season. It's always good to have winning programs. So if, if we've got these NILs set up for individual sports, when, we all, when, when all those sports win, we all win. And that's what we need to do. And again, NIL, because of this transfer portal, the mission's clear and simple, right? You got to keep your roster intact. Um, and then you've got to recruit the transfer portal and get the right players in here. So I think we did a great job, I thought. You know, we might have lost a couple of players from the football team, but not like in years past, not like other schools. Um, there's coaching changes happening everywhere, and there's key players leaving. I think coach did a great job this year. I'd like to think we played a small part in that um, just to show. Uh, the recruits and the transfers that, hey, we're doing this the right way. And if you come here, you're going to have many opportunities. So it's, you know, I'm all for other sports having these collectives. And I can only see us working more and more um, in the months to come. So I, I think by the fall, we're going to have a pretty good plan in place on how we can all collaborate, work together, because we're all talking to the same people, right? We're talking to the diehard Maryland followers, graduates, and people that want to see Maryland win. When I go to basketball games, I'm seeing the same faces that were at the football games, right? And uh, that's what we need, and we just need more of them. Dan, when you set out and started this, what is really the long-term mission? I know we've talked a lot about grassroots efforts, getting involved in the local community. What is the vision of the foundation? What do you hope to see in, in five years or 10 years out? Yeah, so that's going to be a tough prediction because there's so many moving parts right there. Um, I, I think the answer that I have given recently is I, I want to have something sustainable where we can have a model where we're good for the next three to five years. And then to, to the last question, how can we collaborate with each other, not just as collectors, with, but as the university? Right. My background is development. You know, I, I've been in college athletics for a number of years. I know how important fundraising is. I know how important sponsorships are. 
And instead of all of us going and talking to the same people and going in different directions, the model that I see is if we can become sustainable, raise enough money and have deals in place for these guys for the next three to five years, I think at that point we can all work together and come up with another model that really takes Maryland to the next level. So that we're all talking the same language, talking to the same people. Um, it'll take sponsorships to another level. It'll, it'll increase the marketing of the university. Um, and then the wins come, right? We all know that if you have butts in the seats, that 12th man, there's nothing else like it. Absolutely. And Dan, obviously, uh, as, as you get everything up and running, fans can go over to tbiaf.org in order to donate. But um, I think, you know, fans, you know, especially when, especially in the recruiting world where, you know, you're competing with, you know, the Alabamas and the Georgias and whatnot. I think, you know, you, you touched on it, being able to kind of tap into the market to, to the DMV and, and, you know, you see a lot of the same faces. Um, but I guess in order for, you know, to be able to, to reach that new height and, and to, to kind of continue to ascend the foundation to where fans want it to be, um, in your eyes, I guess, what, what can the average fan do uh, beyond donating to the, to the collective? Come out to the games, right? That's the biggest thing. Again, butts and seats. I just saw Brenda Freeze um, had another incredible attended game. Uh, I wish I were there. You know, I've been to two games thus far. Um, but we've got so many great coaches with so many different sports, and they just need people to come out to these games. I think that's the biggest thing that I can ask. And then when they come out, you know, we have to do a good job internally of providing them um, something other than just clapping your hands and cheering for the game, right? Especially in football. Football has so much to offer. There's so much else going around on the concourse, outside the stadium, inside the stadium, on the field. Um, and, and that's what I ask. You know, we had a I, I, my first year last year, I thought it was well-attended games. I thought the students did an amazing job coming out to each and every home game. Um, you know, it's always talked about are the students going to stay after halftime. I looked up every third quarter. I saw a good number of students up there. Uh, we just need to pack the house a little bit better um, next year. I think because of the success on the field, it'll help. I hope that the success that we're having off the field with these different foundations is going to really excite people. Uh, to get a whole new kind of fresh set of faces out to the games next season. Yeah, absolutely. And they'll, they'll get a chance to watch uh, Talia in action again next year and a lot of a lot of new faces and whatnot, but, uh, you know, definitely kind of building on the A-win season, the consecutive bowl wins. Uh, so it's, uh, you know, things are trending well. But, uh, Dan, we definitely appreciate you taking some time with us, uh, navigating through the wild, wild west, as we like to call it. But uh, we look forward to, to seeing how, uh, the Best of the Head Foundation continues to grow. Again, fans can go donate to tbiaf.org. Dan, appreciate it again. Thanks, guys. Much appreciated. Awesome. I like it. I hope you guys liked it. I mean, it's a step, right? We got to get some money in the game. We get some skin in the game. He talked about a lot of things that we've talked about in the past the competitive nature of this team having to go against the pro sports, that kind of aspect. I liked hearing and seeing the results that we talked about, the cheaper tickets they're putting out, making it a, a more family-friendly event with that. I also saw Damon Evans re-speaking about light upgrades in the stadium. If you followed any light upgrades anywhere, I'm hoping they don't mess this up. They're going to be the LEDs that, that you can end up controlling and having more of like a light show for some of these late games, make it more of an event. Um, than just a football game, which they've already started with the cool shell entrance, with the cool tunnel, the 
pyrotechnics. There's there's pieces there. The giant screen has changed it completely. So like the event product is building. Uh, if you continue in that direction, that's great. You know the the competitor in me looks and here sees the the basis of volunteer work, the basis of community service, and the fact that we're in D.C. and hopes that someday they start working their way down into like government grants to help with you know literacy and children and so we have government grant money that we can fund this with and things that get into like infinite pockets not just trying to find the next rich guy that we don't seem to have as many of as other schools so that excites me i don't know that they're there now but i i see the possibility of that being an angle um for later in the time uh it's it's just really cool to see that there's people out here doing the good work, moving in the right direction, because for so long it felt like we were just sitting on our hands and collecting the Big Ten money, and it, just, it was is what it was going to be. And the developments in the Jones Hill House, developments in the stadium we've already talked about, now getting into this the, the foundation, there's things moving here. The fact that we've won more games each of the last three seasons, things are going okay. They're, they're going more than okay. They're, they're pretty good. I mean... I, I, you, you can't look down at where the athletic department as a whole is and be all too worried. I mean, look at how good a hire Willard looks like right now. Loxley was like clearly the only man at the time. There's still the naysayers, but we're really not worried about it. It's, it's just the way it is. It's just there continue to be naysayers as long as they want. Anyone that just automatically brings up, you know, New Mexico, we're, we're, we're not really worried about their opinion. So it's, if you're going to live in the past, live in the past. But right now, open your eyes. The things that are going on here are good. Uh, we are happy with it. You got baseball that, again, is ranked. You have softball coming out of nowhere that's now a ranked team. Cross is taking a little slip uh, with the, the loss to Loyola and the injuries. But they'll be back. They'll be in the, you know, Final Four to Elite Eight every season. Talking about lacrosse, your boy on the football team, Dante Trader. Finally getting onto the cross field after training for football last season to ensure that he had that starting position on lock. He has now gotten onto the field, played well the first couple games, and just today he had his first and second goal of the season. Uh, really cool to see him out there doing that. Really cool to see the football team out there supporting him. They were all lined up on the old varsity house cheering Dante Trader for his first game out there. So another you know benefit to get out there and see a lacrosse game that, the football guys are are around supporting, get to see that as a bigger, you know, bigger crowd, more atmosphere, get to see some of the stars out there from the gridiron. Just really cool to see. Anyway, guys, I'm going to keep this a little bit short, uh, wrap this up. I hope you enjoyed the interview. Wanted to get it out to you a little sooner after we uh, record that last one. But, you know, we just kept going doing cool Terp stuff. So I wanted to get that out of the way and have something to talk about on here instead of just... Here's the shell. Till next time, guys. Here's the wishing. All is well under the shell.